Jane, welcome to another episode of the Snowy's Camping Show. You are here with Ben and Lauren and today we are talking about caring for your camping gear. But before we get started, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast right now so you don't forget uh, or miss out on another episode. Uh, rate and review us if you can. That would be great. Help to get the word out um, about our awesome little podcast we've got going here. If you are watching us on YouTube as well, don't forget to give us a like and uh, join, group, join our Facebook group. group. Yeah, Snowy's Camping Show where we've got a, an awesome little community going, lots of discussion and great to hear from you guys um, what you're thinking of the show and what you're wanting to hear in the future. So totally. caring for your camping gear. It's a big topic, right? And one one. That you get quite passionate about it because you worked a lot in customer service. Yeah. And uh, we're sort of covering off on warranties and maybe I guess our, our goal is to try and help people understand how they can care for the gear, get the most out of it, but also maybe understand the best approach if, if something does fail mm-hmm. um, and how we c- can help um, within what powers we've got, I suppose, mm-hmm. to set that right. Yep, and also what cu- what you guys can do to – help yourselves as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I think a lot of these days for me, especially um, with all of the sort of customer work that I've done over the last couple of years, a lot of the time people like, well, it's broken and either are you going to fix it or am I going to have to buy a new tent? And it's like, well, maybe neither of those things because it's not maybe necessarily something that's covered by warranty, but you don't definitely don't have to buy a new tent or you definitely don't have to go out and replace it. Like you have a perfectly awesome tent. These are just the resources and the tools or the things that you can do to fix it yourself and get another, you know, X amount of years out of your camping gear. And it's camping gear, right? So yeah. we're using it in the, in the open, in bad weather, on rough mm. ground. Things break, things tear, it happens. It's kind yeah. of part of camping and all the all the repairs and wounds and stuff on your tent, they tell a story, yeah. I think. Yeah, Wrong absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But uh, I guess to start off though, a lot of people <laughs> buy a tent, throw it straight in the car and go camping, right? Yeah, but- or like, you know, we'll get a call on a Monday and it'll be like, oh, I'm going away on Friday. I need the tent delivered to me by Friday. Is it possible? And it's like it might be possible, but is that actually in your best interests? Mm. Not necessarily. So before you go on a trip, regardless of where you're going, especially if it's a new tent, buy it with enough time to set it up, learn how to set it up, learn where all the poles go, learn where all the bits and pieces go. So then if there is a problem, if you have got a manufacturing fault or you are missing pieces, you're not – Stressed out at six o'clock on a Friday afternoon after a three-hour drive with your kids in the car, set up at a camping spot in the middle of nowhere without shelter. Um, yeah. Worst nightmare. And it, even – sorry, go on. I was going to say, even the best gear can have manufacturing <laughs> yeah. costs, right, despite yeah. all the quality control checks. Sometimes you don't know until you're out in, or until you yeah. set it up. So. Mm-hmm. Good to find that in the backyard rather than, you know, 400 kilometres down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is is that if you do happen to find that in your backyard, there we're 100% there to help you or the retailer that you got your tent from will 100% be there to help you, but no one is going to be there to help you at 6 o'clock on a Friday night no. when you're 400 kilometres away. Give yourself a buffer. So, yeah, that's, that's something that you can do. Also, if it's a tent that you have already and one that you've camped with for five years, still set it up double check it. It could have potentially gone mouldy since you last put it away or there is maybe, you, yeah, yeah, or the really common thing we get as well is I've 
lost my pole set and must have left it at the campsite and didn't realise. Like there are lots of times where that happens and people don't don't necessarily um, realise. So just – and not just for tents as well. Triple check all your gear before you go. Just check it over. Just make sure it's good. Yeah, make sure your gas stove doesn't need new jets or cleaning. Yeah. Same as you would check the gas in your gas bottle. Just have a once-over of everything. Mm -hmm. Make sure everything's not leaking or busted or – do it before you go. Yeah. It comes down to maintenance too. So when you finish your trip, I always kind of clean. I, I like it when it's a dry camping trip so I can pack the tent up, yeah. dry and put it straight in the shed. Mm-hmm. If it's wet, then you've got to get home and unpack it. But make sure it's dry. Mm-hmm. Make sure all the parts are there. Pack it away at the end of a trip because for me, I really appreciate that at the start of a next trip knowing I've already done the checks. I can just chuck it in the car. Mm-hmm. Within reason, I've got to make sure that yeah. mice haven't been through it or anything. But yeah. if I know there was nothing busted when I got home, I'll be right for the next mm-hmm. trip. Yeah, um, I recently on a trip I did it was to a caravan park and um the and we're not sort of used to camping there so you have like a checkout time of 10 a.m. Yep. but um just weather conditions and whatever the tents they were just absolutely heaving you know with <laughs> moisture on on the outside and inside of the fly and things like that and I was just like it's not even raining it's a beautiful day mm. but we need to pack up we can't wait for these to dry out so they were sitting in my backyard for nearly a week and a half before they properly properly, properly got dry yeah. <laughs> and, and packed up and things like that so yeah on that packing sure. up it's also really important i think at the end of the trip to actually pack it away properly and also transport <coughs> it properly too because you don't want to yeah. throw say a long we'll say an rv tent's probably a good example mm-hmm. um if you transport that on some roof racks they're quite long so if you if you you've tied it down securely sure but now you've done 200 k's of corrugations and that tent sat there flexing mm. up and down or shaking that can cause damage too so have a think yeah. about how you transport it yeah. um safely as well yeah a lot of people with those rv tents or those really long tents actually get a roof rack plate Yep. Um, made up for them to mount them just as a quick segue there. Yeah, <laughs> or even just a supply or something yeah. just to, just to uh, absorb some of that vibration. Yeah, another yeah. thing that comes up a lot I think is also uh, zip maintenance. Like people don't realise that even though there's nothing wrong with your gear, there are things that you probably should do as best practice to keep your gear tip top and one of those things is zips and um you know i've spoken to uh, so many people who've called up and they're like oh my zips don't work and i've had this tent for six years and i'm gonna have to get a new one that's like well when did you last clean your zips oh what do you mean never clean my zips and literally a simple toothbrush and you know a bit of detergent and water in a bottle and spray and a scrub and a dry out and silicon zip spray from bunnos or a hardware store or something zips are good as new because yep. obviously the little teeth and the slide the zip slider think about all the camping trips you've been on and the dirt and the dust and the bits and bobs that get in there yep. that's going to be your problem it's it's very rarely is it going to be a hardware failure mm. on on your zip um marine environments too if you camp at the beach a lot then yeah. If the salt gets into those zips, they're going to eventually, if they get stored for a long time, they just seize up and it's really hard to. Yeah. So to that's also them. part of your care and maintenance is if you do do seaside camping and beach camping, just be aware of that and make sure you're giving your gear a good clean before you're packing it away as well. Yep. And then store it in a dry spot as well. Yeah. Don't keep it in a damp garden shed in the mm-hmm. back corner of the house or in the sun, store it in a 
weather protected mm. space and a dry space because even uh, hiking tents can be quite um, some of the older ones anyway mm. the PU coatings on it if they're stored in a damp spot at all that PU coating can break down and it becomes delaminate. sticky mm-hmm. delaminates once again if you don't check that before you go it's not until you get to the campsite that you realise your, your flies all sticky and it's yeah. and it's no longer uh, even in the newer ultra light ones that can happen so there's like a the recommendation of don't store store it all bundled up nice and tight in a bag store your tent like your, your uh, what do you call it, the fly in like loose. a large mesh stuff sack, just stuff it in there loose, nice and loose. Yep. Don't fold it up, press on each other like that. Just and that's for like flow. more of the ultralight sort of hiking tent type yeah. things, not something you necessarily need to worry about with the larger family tents. Yeah, just a little bit of airflow. Yeah. yeah, but also um, like waterproofing and things like that over time, of course, because waterproofing is a coating and a seam seal, that potentially can deteriorate. So are there there are some sprays, I think, like Nick Wax and Solarproof mm-hmm. and things like that that you can use on your flies to help just maintain that exterior that UV, that repellent yeah. coating for the water to begin with and also give it a bit more UV protection and things yep. like that. And these are just all things that can be done as maintenance to extend the life of your tent. Yep, and to pull that back to warranty, if you've stored your tent wet, in a damp shed and it's mouldy and the mice have eaten it, that's not covered under warranty. No, but no. That's because you haven't looked after it yeah. properly. So. Yeah. Um, next thing is the way a product is used or set up. I think tents are big on this, that mm-hmm. people will say, oh, my tent's fallen over, the poles are bent. Yeah. Quite often it's just because it hasn't been set up in yeah. full. And we, we drill at home all the time. Use all your guy ropes, use all the peg points. Mm-hmm. Upgrade the pegs if you need it to yep. make sure it's set up properly because yep. if your tent falls over in the wind mm. or is damaged in the wind and you haven't set it up properly or you're expecting a, a massive 12-person family tent to live up to a week set on the beach in gale force winds yeah, it's not gonna, and it breaks, yeah. that warranty doesn't cover that, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, warranties are a manufacturing fault. There are they are something that is provided by the manufacturing brand to cover any faults that have occurred during the manufacturing process which affects the the function and the lifespan and the intended use of that particular product. Mm-hmm. So if you are using something outside of its intended use, so for example, if you've purchased a gazebo and you have decided that you want to use that in your driveway as a, um, you know, portable carport because you don't actually have a carport and mm. you're setting it up and it's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even if it's just for a month and it deteriorates, that's not warranty because the gazebo has not been designed to be a permanent structure that's yep. put up long-term. It's designed to be put up for your event or for your camping trip and then put down and packed away. And it's probably only going to last a month in that environment, really. Probably, UV, yeah. UV if, it's, it. if it's just 24 hours a day, seven days a week, yeah, of, of, that it will because yep. that's not what it's designed for. So I guess yep. understanding the limitations of your product and making sure that you are using it within fair use, you mm-hmm. are using it as it's intended. Part of that is when you are getting a tent all of the pegs and the guy ropes that are supplied with that tent are the fair use, intended use of that tent to mm-hmm. be used as a bare minimum. Mm-hmm. So if you're using your tent or you're pitching your tent and you're not using everything that the brand has provided for that tent to be constructed properly and something goes wrong, then 
you that's not within fair use. You haven't actually used it yeah. the way that it's, it's intended to be used. I guess we say this in two prongs as well, that we're not going to be able to help you with warranty there, but also it's in the interest of your trip. If you just <coughs> spend a few minutes setting it up properly to start mm. with, you're going to have shelter for your whole trip. Yeah. So just, just use all the peg points. And I think you touched on wind before and I think um, – it's a really, really tricky, a tricky one because nobody wants to spend money on a tent and then go away on a camping trip and then have that tent completely fall apart because mm. it's been smashed by the wind. And I think that that's it sucks and it's really important to um, acknowledge how upsetting and devastating that can be. Mm. But environmental influences or environmental factors are not a manufacturing fault. And, you know, a tent is a, it's, it's a tent. It's, there's only so much engineering and quality control mm-hmm. and materials that can go into making a tent for camping, but it's not a house. It's not a home. It's not designed to withstand extremes of weather. And I think that, um, you know, potentially things that you can do. I've, I think we've touched on maybe in other episodes of using, you know, like ropes or st- or, mm. or guy, uh, what do you call them? Like tracer springs and things oh, yeah, that you can yeah. add into your kit that can help you. But if you think about a tent that has thin sort of aluminium-based poles that is essentially a square, it's not designed. It's a box. It's a box. It's yeah. not designed to be set up in an area of wind and storm and Mm -hmm. and whatever and expect to get through. There are other options like more aerodynamics style tents and and things like that or or much heavier steel framed ones or even air pole tents um, that will fare better in those situations. But at the end of the day, environmental factors are not a manufacturing fault. So just going to use some common sense at some stage and say this is on the limit of what I think it's going to cope yeah, with and exactly. I need to take evasive action. Yeah, and so that's why occurs. it's really important to get to know your gear and know your products, know the limitations, work within the limitations of your products, maintain it well, care for it well. Mm. Yeah. On common sense too, an air mat's another one. If you've had an air bed and it's been working for a number of trips and suddenly it starts to go flat, it's probably got a puncture. Mm. which is a normal thing. It's not mm-hmm. a manufacturing thing. It's probably got a puncture. You can yeah. find that puncture. If that puncture is somewhere like in a valve or on a seam or something, then it's potentially a manufacturing fault. Mm. If the puncture is on the bottom of the mat in a spot that's in touch with the ground, yeah. then it's probably occurred in use Yeah, and it's easily fixed. You just got to find the puncture. The hardest yeah. thing is finding the little hole. So. I think even sort of if, if they are on the sides and, and the top, it's still – Really tricky because, again, it sucks if you've invested in a quality mat and you've been on a few trips and all of a sudden it's going down. I think especially when it comes to air mattresses, not just the self-inflating ones but the air ones specifically, which are essentially just a shapely balloon that you lie on, it can literally take you setting it up at home with like a hard petrified piece of grated cheese stuck in your carpet from a kid, you know, if you've got kids or even, you know, like a zip on your shirt or your jacket if you've laid on the bed. Prickling your socks. There are so many things that Mm -hmm. actually can cause punctures to your mats and Mm -hmm. they're, they're things that you might not have even thought of. So if there is any possibility that the mattress has been punctured environmentally, whether you realise it or not, it won't be covered under manufa- uh, under warranty. That's not a warranty issue. Um, so generally 
that sort of if the first thing that people do when they contact us and they're like, oh, my mattress is faulty, it keeps mm-hmm. going flat, is we ask you to do a leak test, not because we want to make your life harder. It's just because we yeah. really want to determine the best way that we can to help you. And if that is to help get your mat repaired versus getting it replaced because it is a genuine mattress fault, we need to determine that first. Yeah. Repair is probably going to be quicker than getting it replaced. A hundred percent. Yeah. On that, we do have some videos to help people with some of these things, a repair mattress video on YouTube. I believe you're the star of that show. <laughs> yes, and I am. you do the same with uh, repairing tent poles. Tent I think poles. Like the fiberglass tent poles. Oh, yeah. So yeah. this is all um, – it's, me it's for camping once, not your face. <laughs> I'm trying to get back at you this time. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's all it's all part of camping, isn't it? There's yeah. repairs, there's maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, we can help with spare parts. Most most of the time with a reasonable brand or mm. a reasonable product, we can probably source a spare part. If it's not ready, readily available, we mm-hmm. have a dedicated warranties department that yeah. may have something lying around. So it's worth just getting in touch and, and asking, Definitely. look, if this is busted, I'm, I need to fix it. I just need the part. Yeah. And I mean, it- like our warranties department, I think is amazing. There's mm. not many retailers that do have a dedicated warranties department um, like we do. And even though a product's warranty is actually like the the manufacturing brand is the one who is responsible for that warranty. Mm -hmm. We do have that department there for customers who either don't feel comfortable to liaise with those brands on their own when they have a problem Mm -hmm. or if they have and they're not really getting anywhere and they'd like a bit more help or it might just be a brand that they contact and they say, oh, we'd prefer you to go back through your retailer. That's what we're there for. Um, We're essentially a a third-party intermediary or or people who can help and, and advocate on your behalf to get the best yep. um, out of your warranty situation or, or your product fault situation, whatever yep. that may be. Um, so as I said, yeah, some brands do uh, are happy to deal with warranties directly and others will refer you back to us. But even if those brands do want or, or do prefer you to deal with them directly, you're also more than welcome to come back to us. Some people do just like to do that because they've already dealt yep. with us a lot and they feel more confident in that process. So We like to provide that aftercare, but I do have a bit of admiration for our warranties department because amongst these sort of happy stories or these moments where we can sort mm. of get people back on track and sometimes quicker than maybe directing directly yeah. contact to the manufacturer because um, we may have a part here that may take longer elsewhere. We'll try and fix it as quick as we can. Mm. They do also have this other kind of ugly side of it where there's people yeah. who just um, – it's it's unreasonable warranties and sometimes we're stuck in the middle because our our manufacturers are saying no and we've got a customer saying I want this and we'll do whatever we can to try and sort of mediate the best outcome there. Yeah, I guess ultimately – Ultimately, you know, if if the brand has assessed it and don't deem it as a warranty, then it, it's not a warranty fault and we'll do our best to provide you with solutions outside of that. Mm-hmm. But we can't provide, you know, we can't go, oh, yes, this is a warranty because we actually don't have the authority to do that. That's something that the brand has to approve for us to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It comes back to us to try and make a call and yeah. Yeah, we're probably going to lose that a little bit somewhere. But uh, our interest is in 
yeah, helping people get back on board mm-hmm. with their gear and try and stop it going in the bin as well. Yeah. If we can fix something or send something out to help you fix it, then it's a good solution. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can be hard as well when you're online shopping because you're like, if I'm going to buy this, where does that leave me, mm-hmm. you know, in six months' time if I have a problem? Well, we have that warranty department. So that mm-hmm. can sort of also sometimes provide people with a bit of assurance because just because they might not be able to walk into a store, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be on their own with that. Yep. The only catch that I think sometimes online shopping can be a little bit challenging with is if you buy something from a shop and you it comes you take it home and out the box it's it's damaged or there's something wrong with it you can just chuck jump straight back in the car and drive back to the shop and then mm. it can be dealt with there and then in the shop. Yep. We don't have the same ability to do that and even if we do know that something has arrived to you in less in you know in a condition that's not to be expected, we still have a process that we have to go to purely because it's a it's a long distance relationship. So yeah. even if it may technically not be a warrant, like if it's broken outside, it broken straight out the box, it's still a warranty claim because it's still a manufacturing fault. It's a warranties aren't just issues that come up over time. They're issues yep. that come up straight out the box. It's a manufacturing That's right, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we can deal with those straight out the box ones differently in store. But we'll yeah. still deal with them online. It just is a process to it that. It takes longer, which is, goes back to your statement at the start. We give yourself a bit of a buffer because yeah. these things happen. We we uh, try and make sure everything's good when it leaves the warehouse, mm-hmm. but we are unable to unpack every tent and check every tent peg, knuckle, pole, button and everything yeah. and, and sometimes things go wrong. So give yourself a buffer Definitely. to get that product, get in touch with us. So we've got a bit of time to say, all right, this person's got this, they need to leave here. How can we best resolve their yeah. what, what they need? They, they need to leave in a week yeah. so we can get you a spare part in this time. This is how you fix it so you yeah. can still go on your trip. But we need yeah. a little bit of time to do that. Yeah. We can't make magic tricks happen. Yeah, and I think, you know, all the brands that we sell and the products we sell, we sell because generally we love them and we think that they're good products. So mm-hmm. we don't necessarily have um, have reason to check every single box no. before it goes out. And I think that's that's a good thing because it means that we obviously do back the brands that we trust. But if something does slip through, we, we're here yep. f- for for you guys basically. Um, but I think, yeah, being able to have, yeah, have a really good understanding of how to clean and maintain and care for your gear and the things that you can do when something does break. And like a lot of people call up because maybe they want a replacement fly because a bit a, a small part of their fly is ripped. So they want to buy a whole new fly uh, in back in sort of the younger days, anytime anything went wrong with any of our camping gear, we'd go to our canvas and annex specialist. And I, I think maybe these days, a lot of people don't sort of put two and two together mm. that those people out there can, and do repairs and modifications and changes to things really, really quickly. So even if you yourself know it's not a warranty and you're thinking, I need to replace it, you don't necessarily need to replace it. You can repair it. We've got Um, some repair stuff in front of us here now. There's glues, tapes, all sorts that you can use for a small tear. Stuff you can do yourself for sure. As well, before it becomes a big tear, a small tear can quite often, that repair can be there for years and years and years and not cause you any more problem. It'll just be a patch of tape or or a dab of glue or something like Like that. Like in your sort of polyester flies and things, you can absolutely, you know, you just get a strip of tape, you put a bit of tape on the inside of your fly and a bit of tape on your outside of the fly covering that rip, mm-hmm. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. 
One other thing I'd like to clarify is kind of what, what wear and tear is and what also I think that goes hand in hand and what a lifetime warranty is. Oh, yeah. Um, because wear and tear is just a product gradually wearing out over time, but it could also be one incident mm-hmm. that has caused something to happen, but it's not a manufacturing fault. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, I, I think it, it's sometimes it's confusing. A lot of manufacturers sort of say lifetime warranty, which if you take that for face value, means we'll warrant this for a lifetime. But yeah. There's a lot of sort of until I'm eighty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. but and there's there is usually a a lifetime tied to a product. So, but it's not necessarily it's the lifetime of the product, not your human lifetime. That's right, and that that could be five minutes. If you drive out of of the shop and don't mm. tie it on your roof rack, and it falls off and gets run over by a truck, then the lifetime of that product has been five minutes. That's yeah, yeah. not covered under warranty. Yep. If you look after it really well. Mm. Uh, and many, 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 many years down the track, it's still mm. in really good condition, um, but there is an yeah. obvious manufacturing yeah. fault, then within reason it will potentially be yeah. re- repaired. You're right. It's sort of, I guess it's like in a, a case-by-case basis. I, I think a limit, limited lifetime warranty is um, can sometimes be a bit trickier because if it's a fixed warranty period, you know exactly where you stand. Mm-hmm. Limited lifetime warranties, as you say, they seem to have, they have like a really like, oh, it's covered for the lifetime. Mm. And, you know, in 50 years' time I can get this replaced. It's not quite right. But like so if you and I bought exactly the same product, hypothetically, if we both had a fault, a different fault with that product, you might get it covered and I might not because I've obviously trashed my Mm. bag. You know what I mean? I've thrashed it. I've used it. There's holes worn in it everywhere. It's filthy. It's not been looked after. Whereas you've obviously only taken it out for a couple of trips and Mm -hmm. it's been left in your wardrobe and you've gone to use it and the zip and all the stitching's come undone. Then that's, even if it's five years down the track, then Mm. that will probably be covered. But yeah. It wouldn't for me if does that yeah, does that sort of make sense? Yeah, yeah, and a good brand will often look at that and say, you know what, that we did mess that up at manufacturing. It hasn't come to surface until yeah. now. So we'll we'll offer a repair or, or maybe sometimes they're discontinued products that might just be a, a repair solution free of charge for you to, yeah. to, to fix it up. Yep. So and sometimes there is an underlying kind of time frame like lifetime warranty for some products they might Say lifetime, limited lifetime warranty, and then in the small print they said we class a lifetime of this to be say five years yeah. or something like that. So and it, it differs between brands as well. Yeah, and some I think though brands that are sort of give a limited lifetime warranty tend to be brands that are willing to be a little bit more flexible with some things as well. Yeah, maybe, but well, we yeah. kind of team with those brands that we have a good relationship with or back yeah. their brands as well. Yeah, that's true. This um this bit of a serious, little more boring topic, isn't it? But uh, I just want to finish off by saying I think we've touched on it already. If people do have a claim or an issue, it takes time. Yeah, we need to test it, and if you buy online, we need to get it back to test it or send it to yeah. the manufacturer. I mean, sometimes we might not have to. Depends but, on the problem. But yeah. It depends on the problem, but be aware that it is a it is a process. It's not just a simple matter of us going, oh, yes or no. It, it's us having a look at the issue and then having to go back to the brand and the manufacturer right. and working out, you know, like there's just a lot of factors to it. And we'll obviously always try to get that resolved you as quick as you can because yep. we want you back on the road and adventuring as fast as you can. It's in um, our interest too to turn it over and not yeah, have it absolutely. lying around. We just want to get it fixed and out yeah, the yeah. door so yep. we haven't got a bank up of That's right. And we, issues. you know, we'll always do our best to advocate for you and stuff like that. Yep. And also we're more than happy to give advice on repairs and um, 
you know, maintenance and mm-hmm. things that you can do, even if you maybe want to get in touch because you've got a problem and you're not sure if it's a warranty or not, like give, call, us, a give us a call. We have got, we, I know we've gloated about it, but we have mm. got a really good warranty team just for this. And I've got to mention the customer service team too, because mm. they're also there trying to help people overcome problems before it becomes a warranty. But uh, we want to make it all as easy as we can for yeah. you. So we're trying our hardest to make all these things nice and smooth. That's uh, all I've got for today's episode. Me too. I want to mention once again, subscribe to the podcast. Tell your mates about it. Jump on your favorite podcast app. Uh, review, rate us. Give us a thumbs up if you are watching this on YouTube so we know that you like what we're talking about or what mm-hmm. we're rambling about. And if you've got questions, tips, advice, anything you want to say, jump yeah. on the Snowy's Camping Show Facebook group where the conversation is probably happening as we speak. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. We'll see you next week. See you, folks. Bye.